Walking away, Didi. As I start, Didi, Didi, where's she going? Didi, Didi, Allen, go ahead. Hi and welcome Wait, to Behind the Hype. I don't know. Why is there three... With me, your host, as always, <laughs> Brian Dressel. Why is there three glasses of water? I, I didn't get any glasses of water. You came over with one, two, and then three, and I just didn't question it. <laughs> okay. It worked out well. Mm. Me, your host is always Brian Dressel, as I already just said. And with me, as always, is Chewy Darso. Hi. And Jonathan Hardesty. Yeah, I'm around. Yeah. I'm making sure we stay hydrated during this crisis. Which is, it's very important. I have no idea who drank out of this before me, which is also very important to not do, but here we go. It's you or me. I now have Corona. Um, <laughs> so, whoo. This week, third week of Dee Dee Allen, um, famed editor, editor extraordinaire, if you will. And uh, we're here to talk about a movie that has uh, very little editing in it. So, <laughs> so we, the uh, end. We did it. We, yeah, we talked about it. A, yeah, a little bit of a different episode. Um, but we'll do the best we can. We're here to talk about The Wiz. Cindy Lamette's uh, very different take on The Wizard of Oz. And by very different, I mean... Pretty much the same. More or less. Yeah, yeah. I don't, do they say it's just, it's supposed to be the land of Oz, right? Yeah, they still say Oz. Okay. I mean, it's clearly New York. I mean, the I, Twin Towers have a bridge in between them that shouts out different colors to wear every day, but or like every five minutes. But otherwise, Ooh, it's gold. <laughs> I would never be caught dead red. This movie has uh, actually quite a bit to talk about, talk about, just not a lot of editing. But we'll get to all of that here shortly. Uh, John, I believe it's your turn to say everything that happened in this movie as quickly as you can. I, I bet you can do it real fast if you do it the way that I would. Yeah, so uh, Dorothy and her dog Toto get taken to Oz, except Oz is New York with uh, Twin Towers with <laughs> a uh, microphone on there that tells different colors. She encounters a lot of crazy people. Uh, a an interesting take on Scarecrow, Tin Man, and the Cowardly Lion, and she defeats the Wicked Witch with water. And if this sounds familiar, it's because it's the exact plot from The Wizard of Oz. Yeah. That's all I would have done, is just said, it's The Wizard of Oz. Anyhow, um, it's obviously a, a different version of Wizard of Oz. Primarily, Very much so. Um, predominantly, if not entirely, black cast. Um very different take on like the the characters a little bit but also kind of not like scarecrow still very much a scarecrow still looking for a brain but it's a little bit more literal um tin man still wants a heart but it's not really like a heart so much as like i need something beating my chest i want to feel things cowardly lion just wants some balls so that one's pretty much the same but otherwise everything is kind of similar um toto takes a real backseat in this movie uh He's the reason she runs out into the snow. That's true. When she meets her snow-nado. Um, yeah. And whisks her away to Oz somehow. Yeah, which I think is just like a few blocks south of where she lives. Yeah. Um, or north. I don't know. I don't really know yeah, New York. geography. You know, it is what it is. Yeah, it, it's a different part of New York. It's a different borough, is all I'm saying. 
Um, maybe they went from Brooklyn to Manhattan. I don't know New York. I've only been there like three times. Uh, As an L.A. person, uh, that tracks for New York. Yeah. Uh, well, they, they took Barham until it turned into <laughs> Olive because um, they don't want to deal with like just, just the 101. But, you know. I know that there's one street kind of like we were in Chicago when we realized anyone lived off like the blue line and we lived off the red line. It was like, oh, I'm never seeing you. Ah, so we're not friends. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> right. I know there's places like that in, Chica- in New York. <laughs> I live right off the Morse red line stop. Oh, yeah. See you never. <laughs> I don't know if we should date. You seemed cool, but then you said that. <laughs> and then you married me. And then I married you. Um, I also lived off the red line. I don't know what I'm bitching about. I was way too nerdy to live off the blue line where all the cool kids lived. No. Did they? All, yeah, they did. All the cool kids moved to the blue line, and all the kids were like, no, I'm going to be practical because I need to get places lived off the red line. Uh, yeah, no. Take that, that was... blue liners. <laughs> Yeah, I decided I wanted to be practical rather than cool. So. Yeah. Ooh, I live in Logan Square. Yeah, you and every other hipster with a pair of wood glasses. Oh, fuck. My, how the shoes have Such turned. A tangent. Wood glasses didn't come into style until we were in LA. You mean until I started wearing them? Thank you. Hey, uh, I wore faux wood sunglasses before you. Oh, oh, faux, did you? Oh, oh, uh, oh. Sure. <laughs> So the whiz. <laughs> that was a weird one. Uh, good thing but you know what? That works in. because this movie is kind of weird too. Yeah, like that's. Here's the thing. So let's just kind of start with where we came to from it. So I saw this movie when I was a kid because I got really obsessed with The Wizard of Oz for a little bit there. Um, so I saw this one, Return to Oz, and obviously The Wizard of Oz countless times. Um, this one I probably saw the least. Nah, probably Return to Oz. Return to Oz creeped me the fuck out. Um, whereas the Wiz is just kind of weird, but I remember watching it as a kid a number of times, and it could like my sister is a huge Michael Jackson fan that might have something to do with it. I don't know, but either way, I saw it a bunch of times <laughs> as a kid. Never again from kid through adolescent, teenager, young adult, adult, thirty year old waste of time that I am now. Mm. Uh, never since child have I seen it again, and uh, it was an entertaining rewatch. Totally not what I remembered at all. Um, <laughs> had you guys seen it before? I had never seen it. I knew basically nothing about it, other than it was what everyone described to me as the black version of Wizard of Oz. Yeah. And I was always like, I don't know what that means. So there's, there's And now people, you do. Yeah, there's black people in it. And? <laughs> and now I'm like, okay. Pretty good movie. Yeah. Uh, John, what about you? Yeah, never, never had heard of it, except for, you know, hey, the Black Wizard of Oz. And just seeing the poster around, but I didn't know who was in it. I didn't know that Michael Jackson was in it. So when I came, when I sat down to watch this a couple of days ago from recording, I was very surprised at every detail that came up on IMDb. And as I watched it, and it's so also like, like the we'll start we'll start with how we have been with these things, which is the editing, which will be probably the shortest conversation of the day because. There's very little editing in this thing. Yeah. Had I remembered how little editing there was, I probably wouldn't have put this on the short list for movies for us to pick from for this month. Um, it's one of the... It's For me, I had the problem where I enjoyed everything that was happening, but everything just lasted a little too long. Everything. Uh, this movie's two hours and 15 minutes long, and it'd be a great hour 45. Like the... 
very beginning when she gets to Wiz, the entire sequence with the graffiti people is felt too long. Uh, and then when you finally get into Emerald City and then you go through this thing of green, then red, then gold, gold and it's just like, okay, it was one of <laughs> we those, don't like, need this. I'm getting ready to review this movie for our podcast. And I'm sitting there. I'm like, if they do a fourth color, I'm turning this fucking thing off. <laughs> I, yeah, I was, I was just like, I, I would have cut it halfway through red. I, mean, I, get, I get the point. I get it. Yeah, yeah. I paused after red and took a break because I was like, I'm, I need a break from this. I'm kind of bored. So, <laughs> oh my god, that scene. The movie has it overstays its welcome in many, many different sequences. That one is chief amongst them. Like, what the fuck? So I just started falling asleep. It was rough, man. Rough. And, so and it, it doesn't help, make... too, that, like, for all the set design and the costume design of that scene, it's not lit very well. From at least, like, from the. It was the... dark. It was dark, hard to see. The colors didn't pop. It was, like, anti Wizard of Oz in that regard, how everything in Wizard of Oz is technicolor bright and just. Like, you can't help but just be glued to the screen because it's so attention-grabbing. But I couldn't focus on any one detail in that specific scene. Yeah, and it's... I, I don't I don't know who to blame for it because it's one of those, like, they shot it outdoors, obviously, and they tried to light it as best they could. Um, so it's just kind of a weird sequence. Like, I, I know that area. I've been to that courtyard before. Mm. Um, so it's a real place. It's not like it's a set. I mean, obviously, they dressed it, but it's obviously a real place. So it's just kind of interesting that, like, if this is how they wanted to do it, the execution was just, like, I- I'm still just baffled, having watched it again. Like, I almost, how fucking long did that scene go on? I mean, it was a Broadway play before it was a movie. Sure. So maybe there was some deal that was made that they had to have the entirety of every song in the film. And even though maybe... It's a shitty deal, man. You know, maybe, <laughs> maybe the songs worked better on stage but they just felt dragged out and not all the songs like uh, there's there's a few that i like i mean i, I love love the entire sequence that it goes on for a long time really long shot yeah but the the first sequence with ease on down the road i love the whole thing oh that for me it basically the larger the group the longer it felt like it dragged on to me I would agree with the exception of the, I forget what her name is in this movie, but the Wicked Witch of the West. I liked all that. Eveline? Yeah, Eveline. Like, I thought all of that was great. I thought everything from their costumes when they were being slaves to them being free and naked and just celebrating being human. I thought all of that was just gorgeous, really well shot, and just a lot of fun. I liked all of that. Again, if I enjoyed everything about it, except it was, for me, it was too long. Yeah. Like, <laughs> at this point, I was already used layers. to everything being so long. But then when we finally get to Eveline and just the whole thing, I was like, by the time we, they're breaking out of their skin, I'm just like, okay, we're still here. I thought the breaking of the skin was fun. And I just I thought just, it was like, I just thought it was pretty. I just thought it was really well done. Yeah. I thought that I mean, the cinematography is. does not wow me throughout the entire movie. It did in that sequence. I thought all of the, everything with Eveline I thought was just awesome. I thought she was great. Thought the costumes were great. I thought the lack of costumes were great, especially like I liked that uh, 
like when they're stripping down to nothing it just feels like just celebrating being human and they're basically naked as naked as the movie would let them be yeah um the women are basically in very skimpy bikini-esque things the men are basically in thongs yeah and the, it's just they like you actually see more man butt in that than you do oh that. yeah and, and it's just it was just such a great just celebration of freedom and i just i enjoyed it because oh, of the, that so even and the choreography of that dance bit. scene was amazing oh yeah like I, I could just get into all of it and like i know it's overseeing it's welcome and we're tired and we've been sitting in this thing for two hours and it's like how does it still have 15 fucking minutes in it but i was enjoying that i still had fun with that yeah um but the, i mean the larger quant- quantity of all of this is to talk the editing is uh, I, I keep saying there is no editing and i, I guess i should explain that the cindy lamette and whoever else helped helped make this they really treated it like that stage production. They basically set up a huge number, set the camera as far away as possible so it could still see who's who on screen, plopped it down, and let the scene happen. So if the scene is five minutes, that's essentially what you get. is like a five-minute shot. And every now and then there'll be a cut, like maybe a punch into Michael Jackson or something like that. But for the most part, it's pretty long takes throughout the entire two-and-a-half-hour movie, two-hour, 15-minute movie. So the editing just doesn't call attention to itself in the way that it had in, say, the other Dee Dee Allen movies that we've done where she can really match tension and scene and move the story along with this kind of, like, masterstroke of, like, knowing what's important, when it's important. Uh, this movie did not allow her to do really any of that. And that was mostly because of, I think, the way they wanted to present the film as this sort of stage, big, bombastic musical, which just isn't made nowadays. Nowadays, half those dancers would be CGI. They would be. If not two-thirds. If not three-fourths. Seven eights. They'd all, <laughs> all be CGI. <laughs> Tin Man would maybe be CGI. I don't know. I don't know. I loved the costumes in this movie. Especially the Tin Man and the Lion. Fucking oh, great. Lion looked amazing. Lion amazing loved costumes. Wig. Loved his wig so much. But uh, anything else we should say about the editor before we, we move away? Because I know that is the reason that we're, we even watched this movie was the editor. And there's so little to say. It's not her fault. But it's just unfortunate for our D.D. Allen month. We get very little to say about D.D. Allen in this movie. It is a very interesting contrast versus the other movies we've seen. Just especially since I got into a, a, a habit with those movies. Not really a habit, but a, a rhythm. That she had a very specific rhythm through Bonnie and Clyde, uh, Dog Day Afternoon. Uh, for me, the Missouri Breaks. Just there was this building, rising tension that had a release. And this was just kind of a... Didn't have that at all. It was just kind of a steady weight, like a bobbing on the water sort of feel like just okay next thing okay down up and then down like we're kind of in this law it's a very different feel from her other movies i don't know if it would have been because of the way they shot it she had limited things to edit with very little coverage yeah, yeah. so i mean if, if you don't get your editor options you're gonna end up with kind of a boring edit yeah and that's what i meant earlier when i think it's partially how city lament wanted the movie to feel and i think they probably established a really good working relationship on dog day afternoon so of course he hired her for this Mm -hmm. and it's just she's one of the greatest editors ever to edit so it's unfortunate that they gave her a movie that required so little of it um yeah and and it's tough because it's also a musical too it's also a musical and those you have to decide early on if you're editing to continuity or to theme. And that's a lot harder of a thing to do when you don't have a lot of footage. Like, yeah. And it's, and if you don't have a lot of footage, it's really hard to cut on rhythm. And like, that's kind of like you go back to, it's not a musical, but you go to say baby driver and they edited to the rhythm of every song cuts, match the beat every fucking time. 
And this movie, you couldn't really do that because there's nothing to cover. And it's also huge spectacle numbers with tons and tons of dancers. We're talking 50, 60, 100 people dancing, mm-hmm. all perfectly choreographed. If you go in too close, you're going to miss that effect of just how many people are there. There was definitely a lot more edits in the crow sequence than there were in the larger sequences. Yeah. And they everything, were able the, to focus on the, there was four crows or four crows, I think. Yeah. yeah. And then Michael Jackson up on the sticks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So especially when Michael Jackson was singing his song about staying where you are yeah. or whatever, uh, she did a lot. Like I actually was more invested in that dance sequence because I got to see more parts of the crows, I yeah. guess. And they were just lost in the muck. And as she kind of edited around everything that's happening, you felt more engaged. Whereas yeah. the rest of the movie, you kind of feel like a fly on the wall. And again, I think that was intentional. I think this was supposed to feel like a stage sort of thing. And that's how you are in a theater. So it makes sense. It's just... And that was the only sequence where she was editing it kind of from uh, Dorothy's perspective. Yeah, that's true. Because she's hiding yeah, in that, she's during kind of, that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, the rest of them, yeah. Dorothy's directly involved. I yeah. will say there was there was one scene where I think uh, Dee Dee Allen got to shine a little bit, and it's in the subway when like they're being chased by those uh, oh yeah uh, puppets, and then like the columns break off the wall and come after her. Like the way that thing was shot, and like I felt some of her style and her quick edits and and things like that. I felt that in that sequence. So I was a lot more invested there in terms of just oh we're, this is moving forward. This is actiony kind of catching my attention again yeah for sure and it had the wonderful sequence of if i was ever in a freaking subway tunnel and a dude looking like that came down the stairs i'm fucking out i'm not gonna wait to see what he's doing to see what I'm nightmare puppeteer <laughs> launches after you like what the fuck was that <laughs> um, yeah i noped out after the after hearing him the first time in the movie i was like nope not nope nope <laughs> No, thank you. Yeah. Um, okay, so if that's everything we can really say about DDL, and let, let's talk about the movie itself. When we were we started with costumes, and was there anything else that we we kind of hit the lion and the Tin Man? Well, more so the lion, Tin Man in this movie. Like, I, don't get me wrong, Wizard of Oz, beautiful movie, one of the best ever made. Tin Man, kind of boring costume. Yeah. This movie, oh boy, he looks oh. awesome. Well, he's a he's more like a vaudeville thing. He's supposed to be a carny. Yeah. And he, and his biggest vice is that he's always attracted to the wrong women. <laughs> teeny, teeny, teeny. And I'm like, it, he stole was, my quote. <laughs> was he crying because he missed her or because she abused him? I really couldn't tell. I don't know. <laughs> oh. I, just, I love that part later in the movie like where they're trying to wake him up with water. Here, here, wake her up. Think about Teeny. Teeny, Teeny. Yeah. I don't know. And he cried. I don't. That's a beautiful moment of makeup, right oh, there. Yeah. Like whatever little uh, tubes they had to have to pour put, water yeah, out of his eyes. Out of his yeah. eyes like that. Like that's just nuts. That's pretty cool. And he probably As had I'm... to lean his head in exactly the right way for it to not squirt him in the eye. <laughs> yeah. No. It's it's something that's kind of neat about this story in general i know there's not too many iterations and a lot of other versions of the wizard of oz are all in kind of pop culture references but a fun thing is who each of the people are like the tin man the scarecrow and lion and just that reveal my favorite reveal in this is of the tin man just the setup the gag the teeny 
and even the dancing number after as they fill them you know they get the oil in them get a little bit of oil in me you know oh yeah like that whole section was just so viv like raw and imaginative it just like might be my favorite section in the whole movie just for the sheer just all of the moments featuring the characters by themselves i was more invested in those musical moments than i was in the big grand ones i think yeah, I think Personally. each intro was just fantastic. The crows with the scarecrow is yeah. awesome. The entire ten minute sequence is great, and I even like the lion sequence. It's a little bit more like subtle, not subtle, but it's not quite as bombastic as Tin Man or uh, Scarecrow. But I like him jumping out of the stone lion. Like I like that he's like both cowardly and brave at the same time. I just love the part when they're like, "That lion's checking us out." <laughs> the eyes are like following <laughs> with a dart back. Wait, wait, no, not. <laughs> That's pretty good. Um. But yeah, I, I I think all those moments are great. I think all their costumes are great. I, I think everything with the main four characters is just fantastic. Uh, my only problem with Diana Ross is uh, beyond... I mean, Diana Ross is fantastic. Uh, Being 34 and pretending to be 24? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, honey. You don't look like you're 24. She didn't look 24. Um, that was, But it's fine. <laughs> I mean, whatever. It's Diana Ross. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was just a momentary confusion at the beginning where it's like, you got to get out of the house because you're 24. And I'm like, yeah, no. What? No, what you're not. You do? You've had a rough 24 <laughs> years. Um, the weird thing that I thought with Diana Ross in this movie, and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong uh, or if you disagree, I didn't think they really let her sing too much until like the end. Like Diana Ross is known for her voice. She has an yeah. amazing voice. And it felt really kind of like handcuffed until like the last maybe two songs of hers where she was really able to like be Diana Ross. Well, she's supposed to be more confident as... As the movie goes on. I get that. But so is Dorothy in the original and she gets somewhere over the rainbow right out of the gate. Uh. Yeah. No, like she doesn't have that beginning. Like she doesn't have a really strong beginning song like in the original. Her end song is great and just bombastic and huge and big and just unleashed, but and just so beautifully sung. Like she does such a good job with it. Just real quick, at the end when what you just moved your nose piercing on the outside of your nose and then moved your nose and it went back in your nose. <laughs> that was so weird looking. You've never seen that before. Never move on its own. <laughs> um, I still haven't seen it, so we're good. <laughs> But when I'm the, not. the whiz Richard Pryor <laughs> comes up to her after she gets back from killing Eveline and he goes, Dorothy, I have something to ask you. Does he actually ask her anything? Because it felt like she shut him down right away. I honestly don't remember. I was, to be totally honest, I was kind of checked out during the Richard Pryor scene. And it was uh, it was definitely like, ah, Richard Pryor. I love Richard Pryor. Then she was like, oh yeah, do you remember that story of how he threw a naked woman out of his hotel room? I'm like, oh yeah, he was an asshole. Uh, Fucking Richard Pryor. Yeah, and I'm the, sitting there like all kind of bitter, just totally ignoring the scene. The Me Too era kind of ruined Richard Pryor for me. Because like, people shared so many stories of different people in the past and got a lot of info of Richard Pryor I didn't know about. And I was just like, yeah, oh. and it's just the the ending scene with him doesn't land. Just it, oh no! But that's but that's no. what I mean. I'm like, he he comes up to her very sincerely, and it's like he's I got something to ask you, or can you do this for me, Dorothy? And I I don't remember if he actually gets to ask her what because I feel like she just shuts him down immediately, which I was just like, well, that's kind of cold there, Dorothy. Yeah, I'm kind of fine with it. He had to go fucking I mean, he was, murder he, somebody for him. He was kind of angling. I think they were trying to get it to like make him the mirror of what. 
Dorothy used to be in the beginning of the movie. And she was like, you got to go out on your own, kind of making her give the message that she needed to learn. But again, none of that's landing because I guess I, just, I don't I care about this whiz guy. <laughs> no. Because she, she has an out. Someone gave her slippers that she gets to clink a couple times and go home. It sounds like Richard Pryor has just felt super trapped his whole time in Oz and yeah, he's being a jerk pretending to be something he's not. But what's his other option? Not building a metal head that shoots fire. But what would he do otherwise? Just wither and die? Like I, I feel like there's a lot of gray area between metal head that shoots fire, wither and die. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> but, uh, I don't know. He seems he's the way they showed him. He seemed trapped to me. As sure. Well. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Like he but, didn't look like he was enjoying his life at all. No, because he's so he secluded himself. Yeah. I think what he, no yeah. what he asked was, can we just hang out and talk for a little bit? Yeah. Like, that's what he yeah. has. Oh, my God. That's so sad. That's yeah. Him just wanting to reach out to someone that's from his world. Yeah. Like, he well, could commit suicide after this. Because yeah. you know, he's just been rejected by the only person that could possibly understand him. Probably. But, like, he, they also, the movie also tips his hand early. Like, after they leave the whiz, he peeks his head through the eye and looks like, oh, like, they reveal that he's a fraud early well, on. Well, we all know that. Yeah, I mean, I think that's... But, but even though we know, movie, even though like, we know that... It's still like having that, not that reveal, just kind of pull the carpet out under that reveal. I don't know. It, I think, contributes to the fact that he's just like his whole scene at the end is just a wet thud. Like, I don't think it had anything to do with the the tipping the hat earlier. Maybe it did for you. Maybe it's a case to case thing. Because for me, it was just like, oh well, I know he is. Like I know he's a fake. Like I feel like everyone knows that before they even see him yeah. the movie or read the books. Now I, I think the difference is like when you go to the original Wizard of Oz. Uh, when we find out the wizard is kind of a chump it's still like yeah i'm a chump but i also want to help like i I can't do everything i said i can but i can still do something like here here's a diploma look you have a brain look how smart you are i can't give you a heart but i can give you this thing that still ticks like a heart like he tries to help whereas this one's just like doesn't seem like a scared sad man yeah and then this one is like i'm a scared sad lonely man and i'm a total fucking liar and i have no interest in helping you whatsoever in fact you just kind of knocked off my only rival to make sure that nobody ever wants to hurt me Um, yeah there's all all that and also in the original he's the one that tells the tin man you don't need a heart because you always had one scarecrow you already had the brain you know lion you were you were always brave like he, he he had that role of bestowing like revealing that they gave it to dorothy which was i thought was interesting but again it just makes everything else with the Wiz just not work. He's not yeah, it's, needed in by, in that capacity at the end. Yeah, by giving everything to Dorothy, it kind of undercut the entire purpose of, of the, the Wizard. Yeah. And it's like, okay, I guess. It, it's kind of like the same thing with like the Wicked Witch of the West. Like We didn't really get anything from her until her sequence. Like Whereas in the, like, the original, she's all over the fucking thing. She, yeah, she's uh, got screen time, she has lines and everything. Yeah, and, and it's one of those things where, yeah, it's a minor change, and honestly, I think it kind of works better for it in this one, specifically with the witch, not with the wizard. Um, but it is just kind of nice seeing how they did it different. Not necessarily in a bad way, except for the wizard. But the other things I kind of enjoyed still. I didn't get the sympathy I have for the Wicked Witch of the West at all in this one. How do you have sympathy for the Wicked because Witch of the West? Because she's sad that her sister's dead. Yeah, she's overreacting, but Dorothy did kill her sister. Dorothy did nothing. She was in the house. She didn't throw the house at the woman. Yeah. When you're I mean, as far as you know, rational. propaganda, she might have been, you know, she has a good PR department. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oy. But I mean, but even but like in the original when they pour the water on the wicked witch of the west and it's like melting after a while you're like wow did they just overkill it? like did they like you feel kind of bad a little bit i mean how else would you get wicked right like you feel bad for the witch whereas this like yeah no she got what she needed she got what she deserved yeah cool but she, I, again she, I, she's running a sweatshop yeah. in this movie so she definitely sucks i don't remember the wicked witch actually really particularly doing anything wicked other than trying to get Dorothy in the original movie. Yeah, so this one's better. I agree. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I really like the Wicked Witch of the West in this movie. I, I think she's really cool. I like her costume. Yeah. I like her. I love the way that she sits down on her throne with this, like, leg up and then plop. Like, I just, I liked everything about her. She has a lot of control her. over that big dress. <laughs> I loved her physicality. I just loved everything about her. Like, that was, like, the, I'm a really, really big fan of everything there. <laughs> it's about it. Nah, I like the oh. whole movie, but that's the only part that I love. <laughs> yeah, I like the whole thing. I love that. Scene. I love everything from like her torturing the guys. Like I love her torturing Scarecrow. Like I'm gonna cut him in half. It's like, oh, it's okay, Dorothy. I don't really feel anything. He's just messing with my filing system. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> I love that. Or like the Tin Man. Like I have nothing inside. I'm just I'm 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 empty inside. I'm like, oh wow, okay. And oh my god, the the fact that they're able to fix the Tin Man after he was flattened impressive especially because all she asked for is a hammer and a crowbar <laughs> she fixed a working metal man with a hammer and a crowbar she, like that takes fucking talent she's a man. teacher she, she knows <laughs> <Yeah>. things <laughs> i don't remember having a line he just kind of got hung by his tail right yeah Chewie's miming that she fell asleep during that moment <laughs> and i'm just gonna out her because she <laughs> fell asleep during that moment <laughs> <laughs> yeah no don't watch this movie when it's late or you're tired i i don't know i i think it's uh no blame it, it really corona. no i'm gonna blame it on the fucking the color scene oh, man yeah. yeah the color scene really killed me that color scene like oh, not to circle back to something to gold i was so like i don't care not not to beat a dead horse or anything but Man, if I've ever seen a movie that or seen in a movie that just grinds an entire thing to a halt, it was nothing compared to this. Ugh, it was it was I can't stress enough how really tough that that scene was out. to get through. Like, the whole thing could have gone. Whole thing. Just lift and yeah. lift and delete. Like just yeah. why is it here? Which is weird because it has good elements in it, like the the people, like people sized cameras and microphones walking around. Oh, I did like, like the, that. The designs are so cool, and the costumes are just like you expect there to be more with those costumes, and the choreography even was interesting. Just the camera wasn't in on that, or the lighting, or anything like that, <laughs> or the editing, or the goddamn music. I'd never be caught dead, red. Was it like seen in green, and then what was the gold one? Like the 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 thread of the rhyming know. lost me. I don't know. It was just it, you know what it felt like, and this is gonna be a weird dig at a book that most people consider the classic. It felt like reading Alice in Wonderland again, like just reading. Going, the fuck are you saying, Lewis Carroll? Whatever the <laughs> fuck your name is. He's saying he really liked his one friend's young daughter, so they decided to write a book about it. And now, when you think about it, it's super creepy. You just ruined Alice in Wonderland. Oh, you didn't know that? No! Oh. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people say he's a pervert. Yeah, of course he is. <laughs> I just thought he really liked chess and didn't know how to write about it. Uh, <laughs> Twas frilling in the brilly cove. <laughs> I mean, he might have. But he also liked his oh. friend's daughter. 
That just makes the porn one even more creepy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the porn one's actually a pretty good interpretation of the movie. Like, if, uh, if you ever feel like just having a really weird afternoon, watch the porn Alice in Wonderland. It's a musical, and it's really fucking weird. Uh, <laughs> I saw it in a theater. <laughs> Alice Pleasance Hargreaves was, in her childhood, an acquaintance and photography subject of Lewis Carroll. Oh, oh, oh great. Why okay. do you have to say subject? Because <laughs> that's what the Wikipedia says. I'm so uncomfortable right now. Let's go back to the Wiz, <laughs> where everything is just not uncomfortable. <laughs> Or weird or creepy at all. Sorry. <laughs> it's a weird episode we got here. Tangents. Tangents. You know, it's the quarantine. It's the quarantine. It's, it's also made us just, weird. It's also just that this movie's kind of a hard one to talk about because, you know, just to put it out there, this movie wasn't really made for us. No. We're three white people sitting here talking about a movie. Three white people in 2020 yeah. trying to... We have no reference for being black no. in the 70s. Nope. None whatsoever. <laughs> so like, there, there's probably a shit ton of references in this movie that just go right over our heads. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot, And there's a lot of, like, I, I, have, uh, I have friends who this movie just means the world to them because of Diana Ross as Dorothy. And I totally, I get that. She was great. I thought she was fantastic in this movie. It doesn't speak to me the same I'm, way that it would. Every time I would watch her jumping around and dancing on those heels i'm just like oh my god yeah like it, it might not mean the same to me that it did to my friends who saw this when they were younger but i could still appreciate it. she was fucking incredible in this yeah. movie like uh, incredible all the dancing in her heels the way that she ran in those heels it, it did make me wonder like she's not bad at, at acting in no. this movie at all i'm like i don't remember really seeing her in anything else ever and for that matter neither was michael jackson no like he was decent throughout the whole movie Michael Jackson being considered a decent actor, but he didn't do it that much. I mean, no. granted, he's the king of pop. He, he didn't have to, he but he yeah, didn't feel like it. Um, yeah, no, it, it's now that, like since you've mentioned that it wasn't for us and all that. While watching this, I could still tell that there was a lot of special stuff happening on the screen, which you know we've been digging at it, but seeing Diana Ross as the main character as Dorothy and singing and finally like having her song at the end, having all these characters just. It felt special, and, and maybe it's cheesy and out like outsidery to say that, but like at the same time, I, I like I, I could I could sense I could feel it as an outsider to this. Yeah, and, and there's like something, presentation, and it speaks to the quality of the movie that even though we are clearly not the target demographic for this at all, we can still appreciate it and still see how good it was, and yeah. like that that says I think that speaks volumes for the movie, for the people in it. For D.D. Allen, I'll just throw that one in there because that's what we're here for. Uh, <laughs> but it does just speak volumes to everything about it. That This movie that was never intended to be watched by just a bunch of nerds in their 30s in 2020 still can resonate and still have these powerful moments. And I think that's really cool. Yeah. Well, and it's uh, weird because I, I read when I was reading up on this film after watching it, I read that it was a critical and commercial failure. And that was actually mm-hmm. a surprise speaking to just... Watching the movie and being like, you know, this this isn't exactly for me, but this is special. This this feels big. Well, this but movie like, came out after Star Wars, since I feel like Star Wars really changed what think people were looking for. It's a mixture of it changed like what people are looking for and the just sticking on the editor train. It changed how we pace movies. Yeah, Star Wars changed the game yeah. in so many ways. But if we had start picking up on the Star Wars mode of editing and mode of pacing and storytelling and whatnot and then you go to the whiz where everything is plotting and uh it takes its time and it lets every scene have its weight 
for better or worse, fucking color scene. Like, <laughs> well, it, it's the stage. It's it's the stage on yeah. screen. Absolutely, and like that's just like it's just such a different take on a movie. I would really like to see this as a stage production. I think I'd have a ton of fun. Oh, After same. Watching this, I want to watch the the made for TV. I think it was with Queen Latifah. Yeah. I want to say was in it. I want to watch that one. Like I want to see the people who grew up loving this movie and loving ever the show and the music and all of it. I want to see like where they came from and like see how that came out because like there, there's something here, obviously, or we wouldn't still be talking about it now. Mm-hmm. Um, and even though there are scenes that rub us the wrong way or way overstay their welcome, it's still a fun thing to watch. And that's why, like, last week we were like, we're going to watch The Wiz. I'm like, I'm so excited for you guys to see The Wiz. And I had forgotten about, like, I'm so excited for the cool parts and, oh, my God, <laughs> the slow parts. <laughs> I just kind of forgot about them over time. Which, again, speaks volumes to the good parts. Yeah. Uh, and there's something to be said, too, like, as a brief addition, Joel Schumacher did the screenplay for this. Yeah, I saw that yeah. name pop up, and I was like, "Wait, hold!" Like <laughs> this whole movie, I swear to God, it was like they, they, this person was in, involved. This person was involved. He wrote this the person screenplay, was but he didn't write the play, so no. he's just adapting it. Yeah, and you know, he put nips on Batman. So <laughs> you know what? What? Leave what? him alone on that. He put nips on Batman. I'm not forgetting. Leave the bat nips alone. Leave the bat nips alone. Notes with that. I don't think that was expressly his decision. All the crotch shots might have been his decision. I'm here for the butt shots. They did a good job lots with of the butt, butt shots. And lots of crotch. And Oh, my goodness. Let's watch that movie next. <laughs> Which one are we talking about? Because there's a good one and there's a bad one. Let's watch the good one. Okay. I really like I still I stand by it. Val Kilmer's a fun person. Okay. I was gonna say, are we gonna clarify which one of the Schumacher ones is the good or the bad? We, we should have left should it. Go. Jim Carrey was a very we good sh- Riddler. <laughs> We should have left it a mystery for the audience. Which one did Chewie say? I like it. Chewie just said that Jim Carrey was a good Riddler. I thought he was. He was a great villain in the movie. That's not the Riddler. Yeah, fine. That's no. not the Riddler. Okay. That's a fight. Riddler. <laughs> he was hey, good even, in the outfit. Even I know he's not a great Riddler. Jeez. <laughs> no, my favorite Riddler now is a Riddler from the Harley Quinn animated series. That's a good Riddler. <laughs> Fight everything from the Harley Quinn animated series is great. I now have a new favorite King Shark. I have a new favorite Clayface. <laughs> We're really off the rails now. We are. We are. I think we should. I think we should wrap this thing up. Yeah. So let's go into our favorite sequence. I've already kind of hinted at mine, um, and, and unfortunately, it has very little to do with Dee Dee Allen. Um, but it's after she's finally met up with Scarecrow, and he's on his. His everyone kind of gets two songs, which is too much. Um, <laughs> right. Like I said, movie kind of overstands the welcome a little bit. But uh, his second song is Ease On Down, Ease On Down the Road. And I love that song outside of this movie. I love it in this movie. And the first time they do it, where they have this huge fucking set, huge set with this big backdrop behind it that shows how far the Yellow Brick Road goes down. And they have this big fucking dance sequence of just her and Scarecrow, and there are arms are in the air, they're waving, he's doing his patented, like, spin move, where he spins on his flat foot, and he's doing that all over the place, and it's just like, they are so excited, and they just have yeah. so much energy, and they they're just great so chemistry up. together. Oh my god, they did. Every, the four of them had great chemistry throughout, and just, but that sequence, like, even now, like, I just get excited about it, like, it's just so much fun to hear it, and to see it, and just, I love that so much of it is facing away from camera, which is a very bold choice, especially when you have a star like Diana Ross, and Michael Jackson at 20 years old, whose star is just beginning to shoot out into the stratosphere and do this entire huge number away from camera. 
That's impressive as fuck. And it paid off and it worked and it was great. That's my favorite moment in the movie. I like the Tin Man's song, first song. Like, I mean, I'm a sucker for tap dance. Sure. But I, just, I thought his voice was great. I loved everything about it. Yeah. I'm not as detailed with that as you, I guess. But That's fine. It's, really yeah, it's, a, good <laughs> it's a great moment. Like, yeah. you're, you're, you're spot on. John, what about you? Uh, I actually like the scene in the beginning where she arrives to Oz, crushes uh, Evermean, the Wicked Witch of the East, and then like frees the munchkins who were uh, turned into uh, graffiti along the walls. There was just something about how like the lighting was low and they were peeling off the wall and there was like this very interesting, creepy vibe that I was really kind of on board with. And the, the, a lot of some of those creepier elements with like the puppeteer, like the crazy peddler guy, like those elements really grabbed me. But it, because of this, that first part, I was just like, oh, this is kind of creepy. I, I like it. I, I'm digging this vibe. Yeah. It's a, it, I really, we didn't really talk that much about the, the Munchkin Land part, but I really do enjoy that sequence. I love the, the physicality of all the extras in that is just great. They all have this kind of like rigid, like almost like robot-esque, like I was stuck in a wall forever, but look at me now. <laughs> mm. it's, I, I thought it was cool. You can't really mimic in a podcast. But no, you can't. Chewie got to experience it. I did. It was good, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, that's it a was, no. Yeah. <laughs> it was kind of like jazz hands, but with your elbows. Yeah. <laughs> that's a very, yep, yep, accurate. I am I'm not not at all going to explain what that is, but I do like jazz elbows. Just kind of do the chicken dance. <laughs> oh, yeah. boy. So... If that's, that's that's our new dance. That's a new podcast dance. The jazz elbows. <laughs> jazz elbows. I'm Someone's not sure if any of that came poke through. Out someone's eye. <laughs> so, if this is the whiz, what double feature are we going to sit down for with the whiz? One caveat. Okay. Cannot be Wizard of Oz. I didn't know if those were your answers, but let's think outside the box. Well, I'm going to go box. with a recent thing Ooh. that I also sat down and watched and went, wow, the dancing, the singing in this is great, but I don't understand what's going on, and I'm a little weirded out. Cats. That was going to be mine. Oh, I took it's it. Not, not anymore, though. Sorry. No, it's fine. But a good pairing with this would be Cats. Cats, uh, the storyline is not as good. No. no the plot the plot in Cats is terrible. You can stop saying the plot when talking about Cats because there is none. Uh, <laughs> the plot in The Wiz is way better. But still, it will have sequences in both where you're like, wait, what's going on? What's happening? They can all dance really well, but what's happening? <laughs> yeah. Um, by the way, Cats is now available for uh, purchase on VOD. And I highly recommend that everyone listening go out and purchase it because oh. it's amazing. Oh, my God. Honey. Uh, I already bought it. We bought it this morning. We're recording this on St. Patrick's Day. I already own the movie. And it's great. It's so good. <laughs> you know what? Fuck it. Mine will also be Cats. Because everyone should watch Cats. Because <laughs> uh, <laughs> Cats is awesome. And The Wiz is awesome. And I, I honestly think The Wiz is significantly better than Cats. I'm not completely insane. <laughs> um, the Wiz has lasted for years. And Cats will last until like next week. <laughs> it might make it to rental. We don't know. Mm. Uh, but you know. They would be a really fun movie to watch together. Yeah. I just don't know which one to watch first. Cats. But Cats is 
it's still two hours long. You'll be a little tired at the end. And then you'll tired, get to, but but then you get to the color sequence, and then they can end up like you and fall asleep, and that's not good. Yeah, but at least... Well, start these movies at noon. Yeah, at start the movies at noon. Get some, like, decent, like, plot to exercise your brain after the assault of cats. But also, like, in general, you want to put the more energetic film to end the night, right? Because... If you got if you have a longer film or a slower film like Cats, uh, Cats, Cats ends a... with a terrible song. Oh my god! That you oh. really dr- if I had to choose, I, I think I'd do the color thing again versus over over the, the dog stupid, song. Over the song about not being a dog. Yeah. Oh my god, that was just pulling teeth, and I really? love that movie, yeah. but oh, that last song is rough. It really is. Um, John, what about you? Um, I'm gonna go for something like. If I had seen this when I was younger as a kid, I wish I would have seen this with the uh, a similar movie that I saw, uh, Alice in Wonderland from 1985, which is funny that you mentioned Alice in Wonderland earlier. Uh, is 85 the porno version? No, no. The porno is, version was in the 70s. Was it in the 70s? Yeah. That makes sense. Right. Now, the, the like you've got red buttons as the white rabbit and, um, oh, there's just, it has that same sense of strange and weird costuming that all in on the goofiness of it that you know the whiz also does with its costuming and and choreography and all that they just they feel of a very similar type and they're also very long uh, this alice in wonderland is like three hours and seven minutes oh God. and that's too much alice in wonderland that's so it is long. but but also like the whiz also felt very long too so like you could spend a whole day just watching people having a great time in very strange costumes <laughs> while you're having a pretty good time <laughs> right <laughs> in general Except it was okay like, you're all naked yeah cats is like i feel like i'm seeing taylor swift naked right now but someone animated hair on her boobs yeah why does that cat have boobs <laughs> none of the other cats have boobs but she's shimmying boobs at us no, the other cats had boobs most of them do not Rebel Wilson does, but I think the rest don't. Not a lot of cat boobs, which is a good thing. I'm not complaining. Cat boobs are weird. There should have been nipples. There should have been nipples and anuses all over that movie. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> maybe we could do We all know I'm right. In the quarantine, maybe we can learn how to render that into the movie and then release it as our own version. Cats, the anus version. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's part of the steelbook no, release. It's gonna be like in Bob's Burgers. Hanuses, hanuses, hanuses. Yeah, that should have been our experience with cats, and, and it wasn't. Don't be heinous. Buy the anus version. <laughs> you know, it'll be like Batman vs Superman, the director's cut. Like, oh, you got to see the director's cut. It's actually a good movie. And everyone's like, nah, I saw the original. It's like you got to see cats, the anus version. It made it better. <laughs> I don't know why, but. It just felt more real. <laughs> no ifs, ands, or buts about it. <laughs> oh, that but... would be the catchphrase for our, that version of cats. Oh, boy. Uh, the whiz. So that was the whiz. Uh, <laughs> I apologize if you listen to this episode hoping for a very big, deep dive on the whiz. This probably isn't the podcast for you for that sort of thing, especially while we're trying to focus on one person who didn't have a lot to do with this movie. Yeah. Um, but we did the best we could. I had a lot of fun watching it, and I, I hope you did too if you watched it in preparation for this movie. Uh, we're going to do a quick round of plugs, and we're going to say goodbye. I will, of course, plug 
our show, I guess, and our website, ATHpod.com. I usually would be plugging Venture Bros, but some bad news for the bros out there. Uh, our big finale episode is being put on hold for a little while until we can actually all get together and record in a non-quarantine situation. We have no idea how long that's going to be. Who knows when that'll be? Um, but it feels like we should probably hold off on recording that, which of course will then in turn make Frisky Dingo a little bit farther down the road. I'm sorry, I didn't want that to happen, but it feels like the None right. None of us wanted this to happen. It feels like the right call. So, welcome to You Are Doom is still coming in 2020, just not for a little while, and Rancher Brothers won't be ending for a little while either. But it's just on indefinite pause until things get better. There is a silver lining because the show hasn't ended. Technically, we're not done with Venture Brothers. True. So, yeah. So, Venture Brothers is still going, kind of, in a way, as in there's no more episodes, but it's not over. There will be more episodes. There will be more episodes. At some point. One, one more episode. In the future. Later. I might do something on that feed I haven't really decided yet, like some sort of quarantine cartoons, which is what I was thinking of just like, what cartoons are we watching today? And maybe we can just review it. That's kind of what I was thinking. Could oh, be fun. Okay. I'm not sure what I'll call it. But we'll, we'll get there. It might happen. It might not. Who knows? Uh, Chewie, what are you plugging? Superstore. Woo! Uh, we got shut down. I heard your it, season finale was a doozy. I don't know what it is. Because <laughs> we didn't get to shoot our last episode. So it's new to me. Yeah. As is going to be new to you. <laughs> uh, but we got picked up for six seasons. So once all this is you know, settled out, uh, I will be going back. So please watch Superstore. Yay! <laughs> and John? Uh, yeah, our show Demon Days. Every week we're still going strong and having a blast. We'll see how the all this badness out there affects everything, but we'll do what we can. Yeah, all those shows on the ATH Network might take a little bit of a hit here and there. Hopefully not this one, because we record this one a little bit different than we do the other ones. So this one should still keep trucking along. But the other ones... Or required in-person recordings might take a bit of a dive. Yeah. That's okay. We're going to do the best we can. Think positive. Yeah. We're going to keep doing the best we can. If it works, it works. If it doesn't, it will later. Roll with the punches. Yeah. Roll with the coughs. Roll with the fever. (laughs) And go to bed. Should we? And uh, drink all your fluids. Should we ease on down? Ease on down. Ease on down the road. Ease on down to your bed. Netflix and chill for a while. Ease on down, ease on down. Ooh, I think we should just say goodbye. Bye. Yeah. Ease yeah. Bye bye. Ease on down. Ease on down the road. Bye.